0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Salty Pastor. I'm Jesse Mayer, your host and director of the Creative Arts Ministry at Foothills Christian Church. We had two goals in mind when we started this podcast. First, we wanted to give you a deeper dive on the passage of scripture we would be studying for the upcoming Sunday worship service. Second, we want to help people see the world through a biblical worldview. Why should a person have a biblical worldview, you may ask? Well, because the New Testament is your best bet in understanding what is going on in this world and how to navigate it. Let's welcome Dr. Douglas Peake, the salty pastor.
1: <laughs> well, thank you. I love the way you always say that, it's fun. I want to uh, do it like a boxing ring announcer. <laughs> the welcome to the ring. <laughs> T pastor yes <laughs> they always draw that thing out as long as they can absolutely so. well that's his one moment in the spotlight right yeah, so he's got I, to make a most he just of leaves. it <laughs> he's leaving he's done yeah nobody even knows who he is so yeah thanks for the opportunity it's good to be here and good with all uh, to be with all of you and talking about uh what's going on here in our church and what the lord wants to do in your life
0: well, today we actually wanted to discuss chapter 3 of the book of Ephesians. Mm-hmm. Um, this will be the last message in our series titled Essential. I know we're all sad to see it go, but yeah. it'll be a solid ending for it, and then we're moving on to some new exciting stuff as yes. well. Yes, hashtag so, blessed hashtag is coming up. blessed. Mm-hmm. So we'll be ending this series with, why is your mission in life essential? Mm-hmm. And chapter 3 begins with Paul talking about his mission in life, mm-hmm. and it got me thinking about your ministry. Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. did you start in the full-time <laughs> ministry? Is it like a couple years ago?
1: Are you allowed to ask that question? You know, there's some uh, questions you're not allowed to ask ladies. Ladies, but I don't think it applies <laughs> it to It doesn't pastors. apply to guys. Yeah. <laughs> well, I started in the full-time ministry in, in June of 1987, so about 33 years ago.
0: And I was talking to, or I was listening to Pastor Harv um, talk about how 90% of all people who enter into full-time ministry drop out. And I couldn't believe it. It turns out to be true. You have been doing this full time for thirty three years despite those staggering statistics <laughs> about people in full time ministry yes that
1: another it's it's proof that the Lord still performs miracles you know <laughs> uh I, I I've been here at Foothills as the lead pastor for over twenty four years now as a matter of fact in January. Of 2021 will be my 25th year anniversary.
0: We'll have to get you like a sweet hat or something to celebrate your 25 years. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. Uh It's for that length of time. And you've been here at Foothills. A lot of pastors jump around, but you've been solidly committed to Foothills for Uh almost 25 years now. And you don't hear of long. I mean, it's just, how, what's your secret? Like, how did you, how do you keep, how have you been here so long?
1: Well, there's a, there's a couple ways to look at it. One is, is maybe I'm just not that smart, you know, <laughs> you just keep doing, I don't think that's, uh, I don't think that's uh, uh, The other one is I'm just incredibly stubborn. Maybe that could be I mean, be that it. could maybe, maybe, maybe. I can be stubborn. Yeah. But, uh, I, I think that as you, as you uh, go on in life, as you mature in life and mature in faith, you start to understand what your mission is, what you're good at, and what you're not good at. Uh, when we came here, uh, my oldest son Zach, who's married now and 25 years old, who's be 26 in December. When we when we came here, he was one year old, and I just my wife and I really talked and said, "Look, our, our mission in life right now is to preach the gospel." And to always make decisions that are best for our family and for our kids. Mm. So we're not going to move around. I mean, the Lord can come in and tell you what to do, but we're not going. You know, our commitment is to be in one place. And I I told the elders that when they hired me. And most of them I don't think were convinced at the time because, you know, no one. Yeah, because I said, hey, if I come here, I'm staying here. And uh, it turned out to be true.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm sure they are pleasantly surprised <laughs> to be wrong. Uh, well, I didn't say they
1: were, they, were, uh, they were wrong. They just weren't convinced. Convinced.
0: Yes. Okay. Well, a favorite verse of mine is actually found in this chapter, verse 20. Mm-hmm. And it says, um, we're in chapter three of Ephesians. Yes. And it says, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us. So if chapter three is all about your mission in life, how does this verse relate to that?
1: Well, it's a great verse. It's a favorite verse of mine as well, because it, it just talks about not only the power of God and how it works into us, but that God will do far more than we could even ask or think. So we haven't even dreamed or considered what God could possibly do and do through us. So it's a really great question, and that is, how does my mission in life link to this verse? Because this verse is in the context of chapter 3, where Paul is spending the majority of the time in this chapter talking about his calling or his mission in life. So let's kind of dig into it. Uh, Verse 1, 2, and 3 says this, and you really get the flavor of Paul's Uh, uh, discussion of his mission in life right off the bat it says for this reason now if you remember in our earlier podcast when we were doing chapters one and two it talks about God's cosmic plan how your faith is essential in God's cosmic plan and how his cosmic plan was to remove division you know, and bring peace. Right. And he says, and for this reason, so it's based on the teaching in chapter one and chapter two, he says, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles. So Paul is writing this from prison and he's writing it because he was arrested in his ministry to Gentiles. Hmm. Now what happened is he would go into cities. He would start to reach out and include gentiles and the preaching of the gospel he would include them in the message and other gentiles and other people living in those cities uh were threatened by it in ephesus in particular they really persecuted him if you go in the book of acts you'll see that they they uh uh, whipped up a crowd and they tried to arrest him and they Mm -hmm. tried to they beat some of his people his uh followers the people that were with him traveling with him travel companions and so and the reason why is because In the city of Ephesus was a manufacturing hub for the temple of Diana, who was a fertility goddess. And so they pumped these things out like no tomorrow. And that was their main industry. And so he comes in and basically says these pagan gods are wrong. There's one true God. You can know him in Jesus Christ. So they saw this as a direct threat to their... Livelihood. Right. And so they really persecuted, persecuted him harshly. And then later on, because of his ongoing outreach to the Gentiles, he was arrested again. And, and so this is one of these times where he's writing to them. He always did his writing when he was arrested. <laughs> that was the only time he had time. That's the only time he, really he could sit that. down, yeah, and really uh, <laughs> work on his manuscripts, I guess. He goes, hey, make the most of every opportunity. He goes, verse 2 Surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. So it's really interesting. He talks directly about himself, the God's grace and it's dispensing. It's I needed to administer it just like Mm -hmm. a physician administers medication or whatever. It's that same kind of picture. God gave me grace to be administered to you, the Gentiles verse three, that is the mystery made known to me by revelation. As I have already written briefly So Jesus did something in me, Paul says, uh, but Jesus did it in me for you. It Mm. had a purpose. What Jesus did was exclusively for the purpose of someone else's faith. And if it wasn't for me, Paul says, it was for you. So even though it began with me, Christ called me, he then gave me a dispensation or or a, a wellspring of grace to administer to you. So in a way, it's similar to like a a general who is given resources to prosecute a battle. And if he does that, he is rewarded. If he does it well, protects his troops, wins the battle. But if he uses it, you know, to build a condo and a hot tub, he's corrupt. Mm. Same thing with a governor. You know, the governor is given resources from the people in the form of taxes. Uh, Maybe, let's say, to build a freeway. But instead of building the freeway that benefits everybody, he uses it to build a cabin up in the mountains and redirect it le- for gain. a selfish gain. And we would all say that that is corrupt. And so um, he's, he's kind of pointing to that principle a little bit here in this regard.
0: So how do we understand our mission in life? Because Paul's obviously found his mission. Correct. Um, how does a person discover what Jesus wants to do through... Them in the world. Like, if, I, yeah. if I'm looking for my mission, how do I discover what Jesus wants to do through me?
1: Well, he, he kind of digs into it a little bit in verses uh, 4, 5, and 6, where he says the following In reading this, then, you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to people in other generations, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit of God's holy apostles and prophets. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel. They are members together of one body and sharers together in the promise of Jesus Christ. So he's saying, as you read about what God did in me, and you're going to understand how it works in me, that gives you understanding of how God is going to work in you. So Paul says, I came to know Jesus and something remarkable happened in me. And that is, he was transformed by the grace of God. He says, because of this, I gained wisdom and insight, and then I began to see my purpose. So what the way you understand your mission in life is the exact same path as Paul. And that is, it always begins by knowing what Jesus is doing in you. This is why Paul wrote to the Philippians, it's important to work out your salvation in respect and severity or trembling. In other words, you should really endeavor to understand what Christ has done for you on the cross and then having you become a new creation in him. So you should really dig into that because you can't understand your mission in life until you really understand what Jesus Christ has done in you and created you as a new creation. That's our first step.
0: So what i meant to do begins with what he has done in me let's read the section uh let me read this section because i believe it makes this more abundantly clear um we're going to go into verse 7 and it says i became a servant of this gospel by the gift of god's grace given me through the working of his power verse 8 although i am less than the least of all of the lord's people this grace was given to me to preach to the gentiles the boundless riches of christ And verse 9 continues on and says, And to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things.
1: Yeah. So it's interesting. He says, I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me. So notice how he starts with God's grace was given to me first. And then he goes, and it was through the working of his power in me. So Christ did something in me. And so basically, because of what Jesus did, I now know what I must do. So, what Jesus did is how I know what I must do. And really, what it comes down to is most people try to start with the end in mind when they think about their mission in life. And they think like this, it's, uh, well, my mission in life, you know, is it going to be a race car driver, you know, and I want to be on the Indy circuit and drive an Indy, you know, at the Indy 500 and I want to drive a red and purple car and I want to have this helmet and all this kind of stuff. So they think in very specifics about the in thing. This happens all the time when you talk to young people who want to get married, you know, you like, well, who do you want to marry? Well, I hope he's at least six two. You know, he has abs and he's dark and handsome and a little, little dangerous. You know, they just they describe in this overwhelming specificity. And at first, when I talk to young people, and this is you know wisdom of ages, I don't have the heart to tell them to say is like you know that has absolutely nothing to do with whether you have a happy, joy filled, blessed marriage, right? <laughs> No, you know, uh, you don't want to burst their bubble. But what people do is they start with the end with specificity. And what they don't understand is that you first must understand that you are a vessel or a conduit of God's grace. And so if you can't understand that first, you'll never understand how God will move through you to bless somebody else. And that's how you discover your mission in life. If, if you want to get married to somebody and you want to marry somebody so that they will make you happy and they'll look the way you want them to look because that's where you're going to be satisfied, then you are on an endlessly impossible quest. That is not going to happen. Right. right? And the thing is, is that what, what happens is you meet someone and you start to think, I could love this. I could give to this person. I could encourage this person, build this person up. They could be a receptacle of what I have to give. Right. Right. Then you're on the right path, you know? And so I think that it's that mild shift in how you discover your mission in life is you have to look at it as I understand what God has done in me first through his grace And so as a receiver of God's grace, now I can be a giver of God's grace. And so that's really how it all works, is that um, I discover my mission in life by understanding what Jesus did in me first. And then I start to see how, because of what he did in me, I can then share that with other people. And then instead of starting with the end in mind, I start walking the path and then that opens up all kinds of things. And remember verse 20, he will do more than you ever even thought of. So you can't even envision the mission God has for your life. You can't even think about it, Hmm. you know, and it kind of reminds me of. uh, Remember that, uh, that the first installment of the movie Star Wars? Yes. Yes, you do. And remember when Han Solo and Luke Skywalker go into the Death Star to rescue Princess Leia, yeah. and they're ha- and he's trying to convince Han Solo to help him go rescue her, and he goes, you know, she's rich. <laughs> There'll be a reward, and his eyes perk up a little bit, and he goes, "How much?" And he goes, "More than you could ever imagine." And what does Han Solo say? Do you remember the line? I don't remember he that. says. I can imagine an awful lot. (laughs) Right? You Remember that? He says, I can imagine an awful lot. Well, guess what? You can imagine an awful lot about your life and where you want it to go, but you can't even imagine what God has in store.
0: Well, and it seems like trying to, it's almost like trying to fit a, uh, round peg into a square hole like you're you're trying to be so specific about what you think your life is supposed to be and it stresses you out because you're not getting this very specific mindset that you Mm -hmm. have and you're getting uptight and you're just (laughs) freaking out yeah and that seems to be the general consensus of a lot of people these days is i have Mm -hmm. this plan and god doesn't typically listen to our plans because he knows bigger better and more than we could ever possibly know and so is that a result like, does that, is that the result yes. of that pressure that we're putting on ourselves where yeah. we're trying to fulfill this mission that wasn't necessarily what Christ gave us. It's what we think our mission is.
1: Yeah. You know, you sit in church and you hear the pastor preach about, Oh, you know, you need a mission in life. If you have a mission in life, your life is going to be, so you go out and go, man, I need a mission. You know, I got to have a mission. And so you have all this pressure thinking about, well, how do I find this mission? How do I discover this, this uh, mission? Well, this is where it's really, really important. Look at verse 10. His intent, so God's intent, Jesus' intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known. So the first step is, is that instead of saying, what's my mission? What's my mission? Ask yourself this question. How can I serve? How can I serve in the church? That's how you discover your mission life. Take the pressure off of knowing what it is, mm. And start enjoying the process of discovering what it is. It's through the church. The manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. Isn't that interesting how he says that? It's not just here through the church. that The manifold wisdom of God is known. It's in the heavenly realms. Okay, wait a second. I'm a little confused. I thought God is in heaven and everybody in the heavenly realms already knows this. And they say, well, what they're seeing in the heavenly realms, even the angels are seeing God's manifold wisdom come to fruition. Hmm. You know, And he talked about that in verse 1, and that is before the creation of the foundation of the world, God had a plan and so you're seeing this verse 11 he says this this uh wisdom that's being made known verse 11 is according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished where in christ jesus our lord so instead of saying man i'm under pressure to discover the specificity of what i'm supposed to do what you should say is how can i love jesus and love his church. How can I serve and let his love flow through me in his church? Because everything was accomplished in Christ and Christ alone. Verse 12 in him and through faith in him, we now approach God with freedom and confidence. Notice how freedom and confidence is not about stress and pressure, right? It's not about expectations. It's all about freedom and it has a sense of confidence that I am now accepted. I'm adopted. I've been brought in, and so I will discover by walking in this grace that God has bestowed upon me. Verse 13 says, I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged. So don't get stressed out. Don't put yourself under pressure. Don't be discouraged. And don't get discouraged when you hear about things going bad in my life. He goes, because of my sufferings for you, which are for your glory. So I'm being imprisoned. I'm being harassed. But... Don't get stressed out. Even when things go bad for you, don't get stressed out. And that's one of the reasons I've been here for 25 years is that, I mean, I think over the last 25 years as a leader, I've probably made every mistake that you could ever make, you know? I mean, I don't think, I, I think I, I I hit the trifecta. Let's just do them all, <laughs> you know? And uh, uh, so the church has made mistakes over and over and over again. But the reason we can keep going is because, What Jesus did in us allows us to continue doing what we are called to do, because what God is doing in us is intentional. Mm. It has a purpose to it. So Paul then uh, commits himself to that purpose. In verse 14, notice what he says. For this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven on earth derives its name. So what he's saying is by kneeling, I am giving my devotion, my felty, uh, everything to God and God alone, because he is the source. He's the source of my family here on earth. He's the source of the church and my heavenly family, which I have been adopted into.
0: So understanding how Jesus moves through us as we embrace our mission in life seems to be the key to a powerful living.
1: Yes, and that's what he kind of gets into now. Notice how this whole point about discovering my mission is focusing on what Jesus has done in me and then how I can manifest that in the body of Christ. Because look at what he says in verse 16. I pray out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his Holy Spirit in your inner being. So our capacity to discover our mission in life starts in our inner being, right? And the power of God is through his Holy Spirit within us. Verse 17, so that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. So if you want to discover your mission in life, your ministry in life, your purpose in life, then focus on Christ dwelling within you full time in your heart through faith. I pray that you being rooted and established in love. So this is the greatest calling of every man, every woman, and every child that you walk in love, you live in love, you're established in love. This is the most fulfilling thing that your soul and life will ever experience. And then verse 18 says, you will be established in love, may have power together with the Lord's holy people. So we we do this together to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. So the manifestation of my ministry, my mission in life is to grasp how much God loves me, how much Jesus loves me and loves through me. And then verse 19 says, And to know his love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. So God fills us to the fullest measure. Your soul is meant to to overflow with this wellspring of life that comes from Christ and Christ alone. And this is where verse 20 hits us then. Now. See, based on everything he just said, now. That's a very important word. Now. Now you can get a hold of this. Now you can grab a hold of it. You can understand what it means. You know how it functions. You know how it's experienced. Now, to God, who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. So, when you get to that point, when you start to grasp this, that's when the most amazing things happen in your life.
0: So, it seems like the key to truly focusing on your mission in life and this. This begins with thinking through all that Christ has done for me in my life first. Mm-hmm. And then as I begin to grasp the depth of what he's done in me, then I can begin to understand what he wants to do through me. Yes,
1: this is the essence of discovering your mission in life.
0: So, And I think it's important because you use the phrase discover, not choose your mission Correct. in life, which Correct. is what we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. So let's do some takeaways. What what should we take away as we wrap up today?
1: Well, the first thing I think is is that people misunderstand the purpose of being adopted into God's family or being made a part of his church is that if you're a follower of Christ and you see yourself as redeemed, you know, you've been born again, you've been saved, then you're a part of the church, regardless of how you feel about it or think about it, or you've had bad experiences or good experiences. You're a part of the church. Hmm. Number two, the church that, uh, uh, that you're a part of is going to either become the manifold power of God, the wisdom of God to you, And to the world around you, based on your capacity to understand what Jesus Christ has done in you. So the first thing is, is that you have to worship. You know, this is why we do uh, observe the Lord's Supper every Sunday, because it is a proclamation of truth. It's a proclamation of the truth that Jesus Christ died for your sins and we do this in remembrance of him because that's where everything else I want to discover about my life begins with is God's manifold grace poured out into my life through the love of Jesus Christ. So it always starts there. When you, your heart understands gratitude, when your heart understands thanksgiving, when your heart begins to understand honor and respect, that's when your heart opens up and discovery occurs. So that's really critical. Number two is that you should always set godly priorities, whether you're working in a company, whether uh, you're raising kids, wh- regardless of, of whatever your, your roles that you play in your life right now, you should have godly priorities. And that makes a huge difference on discovering your mission and purpose in life. Uh, Number three is begin to try doing things that matter. You know, do things that matter and tie what you do to things that matter. You know, I know a lot of guys in their 30s, they they get married in their 20s, you know, maybe late 20s. They have four or five years, you know, they just have fun living life. He's working. She's working. They save up some money or or maybe not. And then they have kids and she's at home trying to, you know, survive these kids. And and uh, she's, you know, exhausted and and worn out because she's got two or three little tiny ones. And he's like you know, I kind of miss when it was just me and my wife sometimes, and he's getting up and going to a job, and, you know, before he just needed the job to be a place where he could go and work and feel like he's making a contribution because he was making money to support his, you know, but now, you you know, in order to discover your mission in life is you got to tie every time you go out that door to go slay that dragon, you know, that you're providing for your family, you know, it's like, I, you know, people are depending upon me and this is my ministry. You know, my ministry is to protect and provide for my family right now. Maybe it's vice versa. I don't know. In, in your situation. The bottom line, though, is that you need to begin serving and begin tying everything you do to those godly priorities that you set. So those are some of the really most important things. And I'd just like to conclude by telling everybody who's listening is that is that God wants you to understand uh more than you could ever imagine he wants you to experience things that you never even thought of in your life a fullness a depth a rich a sense of, of fulfillment like never before the thing about it is is that this happens by walking with him in faith and he op- starts opening up all these things and it happens when you begin to realize how he first saved you and that then he wants to move through you in love to impact and influence others. That's the most mature thing you'll ever do in faith is not only care about what Christ has done in you, but care about all those that Christ wants to do something new in as well. And that's how you discover your mission in life.
0: Well, that seems like a pretty good place to wrap up for today. We're going (laughs) to get to talk more about this on Thursday um, and how it applies to our lives. But, Thank you so much for sharing with us today. If you guys are listening and joining us on YouTube, make sure you like, leave a comment of questions you want us to answer. Um, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you can leave a review um, or uh, a rating of five stars. Those All, all those things help um, share this gospel and these very biblical truths to other people. So thank you guys mm-hmm. so much for joining us, and we'll see you on Thursday.
1: Blessings, everyone.